This is the fourth episode of Heating Up, part of the Las Vegas Sun podcast. I'm Arlie Rogers, a general assignment reporter with the Las Vegas Sun. In our last episode, I spoke with UNLV professors Chris Carney, chair of the Department of Psychology, and Christopher Stream, director of the School of Public Policy and Leadership, about the urban heat island effect in Las Vegas. Our next conversation will highlight Elia del Carmen Solano Patricio, a senior UNLV urban studies major who conducts policy research with Brookings Mountain West that focuses heavily on climate policy. She also has a personal connection to the crisis. In October 2020, Carmen evacuated the wildfires in Irvine, California, where she moved to be closer to family during the pandemic. She lived in an Airbnb while working and taking classes remotely. That residence was close to the mountains, she said, where she could, quote, see the scorched earth from her window. The fires triggered Carmen's post-traumatic stress disorder, something she was diagnosed with in 2018. Carmen described what it was like to evacuate from the wildfires, as well as the policy solutions to climate change she said she finds most effective. All of a sudden, I see, I actually started smelling fire while I was in the house. Um, And I look out the window and I could see the flames from the wildfires. So we got, as soon as I saw the flames, I got an emergency text from Irvine police on my phone that said everybody had to evacuate. So I packed up what I could um, and then drove out of there as fast as I could. As I was driving out, you know, the, the, the sky started to darken and there were trees falling over. There was already trees um, blocking roadways. There was a lot of traffic trying to get out of the city. All the while seeing the flames in my rear view mirror. That was terrifying. In our previous episode, Chris Carney described how people with pre-existing mental health conditions will be impacted more compared to those without mental disorders. The same year, Carmen drove through the dangerous wildfires, an American Psychiatric Association poll revealed that more than half of Americans were, quote, somewhat or extremely anxious about the impact of climate change on their own mental health. Wildfires that year were accompanied by tropical storms on the East Coast and the Gulf Coast. Those natural disasters also have mental and physical implications. As we explored in our interview with Elizabeth Haas, chair of the American Psychiatric Association Climate Committee, it's widely established that climate change influenced disasters take a toll on our physical health. But the same APA poll showed an increase in Americans who said they agree climate change is probably or definitely affecting mental health. That group grew from 47% in 2019 to 68% in 2020. I mean, it would have been terrifying for anybody who doesn't have PTSD, right? And, and it was, but um, to be in a situation where you are feeling the heat, smelling um, the, the burning, that definitely activates some feelings inside right because it's all sensory so fearing death fearing (laughs) being stuck fearing being alone that was really terrifying um now i can talk about it because i'm here and and safe um but i never stopped to think about whether other people were experiencing that situation in, in similar ways that i was so um i learned to deal with my ptsd in therapy by handling triggers well and I definitely recalled some of that some of those lessons while that was happening so I'm driving right and normally I would be digging my nails into my hands because I would be stressed out but I focused (laughs) breathing trying to just get out Carmen drove from her home in Irvine to a family friend's house in Fullerton about 21 miles away 
She worried about a tree falling on her car, she said, and was especially distressed because she was driving alone. I was working there by myself. I was really stressed that um, this could be affecting other members of my family who live in SoCal as well. They have family that lives in Anaheim, family that lives in Fullerton. And even while I'm here in Vegas now, I also have family in Sacramento. So every time I see or hear something on the news that there's a wildfire in California, I have to call all of them. and just make sure that they're okay. So while that was happening in Irvine, they were worried about me and and I was worried about them. Her stay in Irvine was temporary. After the fire, Carmen moved back to Las Vegas where she grew up and still lives in the Valley as she attends in-person classes at UNLV. She spoke about her family members' decisions to stay in California despite the fires, a choice that really wasn't a choice at all. I grew up in complete poverty uh, here in Vegas. I, my, mom is, my mom raised me by herself. Uh, and most of my extended family lives in similar situations. They live paycheck to paycheck. Um, some of them are undocumented. If I ask them to move here to Vegas, they don't have an extra $500, $1,000 for a security deposit. They don't have that um, the jo- kind of job security that somebody with citizenship likely has in order to get a job here in Vegas and be able to say, yeah, I'm going to leave California and, and not have my family in danger. So for them, it's kind of a way of life. They just consider the risk a part of living. Drawing from her own experience as well as her research, Carmen said that for many low-income families, the now is far more imperative than the future. Rent, utilities, and other expenses due on the first of the month are far more pressing, especially when you're living paycheck to paycheck, than an obscure future where hotter, drier weather may increase those bills. Consider what Carmen said earlier about her family in California. Living there, which includes the wildfires, is just a risk they accept because they cannot afford to think otherwise or move elsewhere. As we explored in earlier episodes, Hispanics and Latinos are more likely to live in high climate impacted areas, especially as it relates to heat, according to a 2021 report by the Environmental Protection Agency. At the same time, Carmen said that growing up poor with her mother, who is a housekeeper, cemented certain environmentally friendly choices into her lifestyle. This has been pretty traditional in my household, like I'm sure with a lot of Hispanic households is to reuse things. Um, And that's not necessarily out of care for the planet. It's out of necessity, uh, right? They're not going to go buy Tupperware. They're going to reuse the container for margarine that they bought. And so part of that has to do with a mentality that a lot of low income um, families, especially families of color, that they have to survive. They cannot thrive because they have to worry about surviving first. And unfortunately, it's something that's really infectious um, because it's cyclical. And they they try to pass that on to us. So the generations before me survive so that I can thrive. And I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, um, I would say to them, there are families that look just like us. There are families that are low income. And those are the ones that are gonna be most affected by climate change. So if this is not your prerogative, I don't know what is, because maybe you feel powerless, but you are also going to, you are going to be the one that's most affected. Carmen's research focuses on solar capacity in Nevada, and in our conversation, she voiced support for infill development, a process where developers work on vacant or underused land in highly developed urban areas. This would include solar developments in the state, as well as affordable housing, which would give low income or possibly the homeless population an escape from the heat, Carmen said. Carson City needs an update. They need technological updates. 
Um, they need to professionalize the legislative duty, <laughs> right? We have awesome legislators out there who I personally have met and, and admire and I've gotten to interact with, um, but they have their work cut out for them. There's the fact that the legislature only meets once every two years for 120 days, which is not enough to get anything done. It's barely enough to get basic stuff or, or backlog things done. We're talking about a state where nuclear energy uh, is an issue, where we have the capacity for ground energy, right? Groundwater energy. We have we have the capacity. We simply aren't tapping into it um, because we don't have the capacity to govern. We don't need reactive policy anymore. We need proactive policy. Carmen also called for better mental health services in the Las Vegas area. When she sought treatment for her PTSD, she used UNLV's counseling services. She said she thinks if she was not in school, she wouldn't have been diagnosed or treated properly, that she would still be living with PTSD but have no idea how to handle her emotions when they flare up. In April 2022, Senator Jackie Rosen announced a $1 million grant sent to the Nevada Department of Health and Human Services, the funds of which will be used for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 988 that connects Nevada residents with immediate suicide prevention services and mental health crisis counseling, according to Rosen's press office. In our conversation, Carmen expressed frustration with long-lasting mental health resources available to the homeless, who, as we spoke about before, will experience disproportionate mental impacts due to the extreme heat. Those without insurance will also lose access to necessary mental health resources, she said. And at a minimum, you don't know what other things those people are dealing with, which is um, the sad truth that we don't have access to mental health care like we should. If you live in the Valley, you know that you need health insurance to get uh, quick access to a good mental health provider. There are other resources, but it could be months before somebody could get in. Uh, and that applies to anyone, students, single parent households, you know, Hispanic or, or black and brown communities, what have you, low-income communities, you would think, oh, what? what's the connection between climate change and mental health? It's everything. This podcast was hosted and edited by General Assignment reporter Arlie Rogers, and this project was made possible thanks to managing editor Ray Brewer, political reporter Jessica Hill, and the rest of the Las Vegas Sun staff. Thanks for listening, and you'll hear from us soon.